Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's always how Eddie Vedder held his mic whenever he was singing in like Both the hands. mid-90s. Yeah, just like. Mm. It's always what I would have been done if I was a rock star. Would you prefer to be rock star that does not play an instrument, only sings, or has the guitar slung over your shoulder to play the heart, you know, to play the uh, whatever? To me, I would like to like have, it'd, it'd be like, I want to make my money from the pocket, but if I have to run, I can run. Like I'd yeah. want to be the rock star Eddie Vedder style where I'm doing this. I don't need the guitar, but like at any moment, my boys could go back and like, you know, take that 10 minute break. You bring me the guitar, right. br- g- give me a stool and I just melt the place for 10 minutes. Yeah, that's good. I, I like that idea. Cause you know, when everyone, when anyone pretends to be a rock star, they do the singing. And then when it's time for the guitar solo, they also do the guitar solo, you know, both. It's like, yeah, well, that's usually not how it works. Right. The lead singer isn't also the guy doing all the sweet guitar riffs. Yeah. I just, you know, like a Metallica, he usually has a guitar, but he's obviously they can't really operate without him singing. Right. He, he just could also of- he could also just stand there without a guitar, and they're fine because the other two guys are just getting after it. But maybe he's just more comfortable with it around him. I don't know. Yeah, I think he just gives you something to do. You play some chords. You know, that yeah. type of thing. Uh, Daniel on the stream says Tito's was flowing last night. It's that season. Yes, it is. Yes, it it's is. That season, baby. We are sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Ow! Ow, ow, ow! Is that your way of telling me to continue doing the read? No, I was just, oh. I, re- I was just excited, and then the dog looks at me, and I realize, like, uh, I probably shouldn't howl. Uh, we love Tito's. I have I had a Tito. I haven't had Tito's this week, um, but it's the, the the week is young. I mean, it's Thursday it's season. That's yeah. So yeah, so uh, yeah, Tito's. Get your Tito's. Might might be doing a twenty four hour trip on Friday to Vegas, so I, I might have a Tito's or two. That's for Ooh. sure. Oh, that one. You uh, Tito's are two or two or about seven. Oh yeah, or fifty six. Uh, Tito's handmade vodka. Drink it responsibly, John. The original craft vodka in America. Tito Beverage himself has been making the good stuff for uh, twenty five years now. Back since ninety five, he just started serving it for free at like some charity events, and the next thing you know, he was winning awards left and right. Check out titosvodka.com for all kinds of recipes. Uh, that's where I go for my recipes. Although every time I think I'm going to do a recipe, I remember I just crack open a ginger beer, mix it with some Tito's. Why make it complicated? Uh, that's always my personal favorite. Or a John Daly. You grab some of those uh, Arizona iced teas with uh, uh, Arnold Palmer on the cover and uh, on the can. I like the half sweet. Like I don't need it too, too sweet. Although you could get the full sweet and then just use less of it. Mix it with the Tito's. Bing, bang, boom. Locked and loaded. Uh, yeah, man. What, what I, I, I really think an underrated drink and is very healthy is just to take, if you're a LaCroix guy, obviously there are a lot of different bubbly waters that are flavored. You pour that in with the Tito's, you have a vodka soda that is flavored. 
yep. you know, whether it's cherry, lime, raspberry, you know, women love it. I, I've never been a big bubbly water guy. I know some guys do. Uh, I, like I hate, I, I don't, I just like drinking water, but I do love it in my cocktail and uh, it tastes great, but I can't like, you just drink a can of it. I will sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it so- soothes, soothes the pipes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you spice up your water game. But in any event, that's a great idea. You just get a few of those in, mix it with some Tito's, maybe a little lime. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume. Namely, 80 proof crafted to be savored responsibly. Bend on the stream says, John, going to Vegas. Hopefully you do better than last Saturday, Sunday, LOL. Yeah, uh, I agree. Error Dome says, lock and dollars. Uh, you got to fade us right now. Yeah, we are sponsored by DraftKings. <laughs> DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just five bucks on any NFL team. Sign up with the code HAM. Bet five bucks on any NFL team to win. Get $200 in free bets if they do. Pretty great. Sign up with the code HAM for the DraftKings Sportsbook. Yep, guys. Same game parlays. How about those? You can combine multiple bets from the same game to give yourself a shot and even bigger winnings. How about this? You, you want to get a big same game parlay? Hmm. Why don't we take a couple dogs? Commanders, home against the Birds, and uh, the Lions going to Minnesota. Everyone's going to be on Minnesota. Everyone's going to be on uh, the Eagles. Fade both of them. Pick them to same game parlay and win. How about that one? Okay. There you go. I, you know, one parlay I was thinking about, all the Sharps are on Oregon State. That game was seven, then six and a half, then six. It's now five and a half. Um People are betting against USC being able to keep pace with what it's done, which is 10 takeaways, zero turnovers. This game's at Oregon State. Oregon State loves to run the rock. Oregon State's got a really good offensive line, but they're missing their best tight end, their best pass catcher, who is Luke Musgrave. Um, USC, no relate. Uh, nephew. Uh, yeah, he is related to Bill, actually. Oregon guys, right? Like nephew. Yeah. Good uh, genes. Uh, but it's five and a half. USC minus five and a half. A lot of people like Oregon State plus five and a half. Um, I, I like SC. SC scores on 79% of its first half possessions. Oregon State is 45% first half possessions, resulting in a touchdown. Touchdown for SC, 79%. You could take three and a half first half line if you wanted. Um, could Oregon State win? Yes. I think they do something really well that USC really struggles with, which is run defense. But it crossed my mind. You could parlay that, John, if you wanted. SC minus five and a half or Oregon State plus five and a half. Again, the Sharps love it with Washington State money line, let's say, um, against Oregon. Or you could money line both underdogs. Like those are two home underdogs in the Pac 12 this week that people think can win. You could money line both Oregon. I like that better than the Lions and Commanders money line underdog. State and Washington State, if you want, Washington State against Oregon. But we've decided we're going to mix it up a little bit this week on our lock of the week, John. Really quick, though, guy, you got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook ham, uh, app now. New customers use the promo code HAM, receive $200 in free bets in their free, uh, if their team wins after the $5 pre-wager. That's promo code HAM, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download that now. Do that. Glad you said that. Vote yes, Prop 27, if you live in California. <laughs> Somebody commented that that's somewhere around here, too. Vote yes. Vote yes. Vote for a vote for HAM. Um, okay, so lock of the week at DraftKings. $5 bet on any NFL team. Get you 200 bucks of free bets. We told you that. Lock of the week this week. We have lost our last two locks of the week, John, so we are mixing it up a little bit this week. Yeah, we're going to call this the fade of the week, and I think overwhelmingly people are going to hammer the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Uh, right now, you can get them at six and a half. It started at seven. It's gone between six, six and a half. They are on the road against the Colts. I was told by a little gambling source that a week ago, the look-ahead line before week two, before the Colts got demolished by the Jags, was two and a half. Now, the Colts might suck, but I heard a stat that teams off a loss where they scored no points against the spread the following week are like 65% cover. And especially, I would imagine, when you factor in there at home. So I, I just think the Colts, I would take the Chiefs. So would everybody else. Like, Chiefs mm-hmm. are going to kill them, right? Fade us, take the Colts. Yeah. And guess where the sharp money is on this game right now? Colts. That's right, on the Colts. Guess where the uh, the big money is right now on the Colts? 46% of the money is 31% of the bets. So think about that. 31% of the bets is accounting for 46% of the money. Do you think if if Carolina plays the Saints, they lose, and Indy, obviously big underdog, lose this game, both teams at home, let's just say they both lose by 10-plus points, could Rule and Frank be out of a job Monday morning? (sighs) Good question. Um, I think Frank is – because it feels like – from somebody wrote this the other day or said this, maybe it was Lombard, Michael Lombardi, that I mentioned this, I think, on the podcast, that Chris Ballard – kind of had to talk Ursay into keeping Frank Reich after like Ursay was furious with the car. He run. wanted to throw Wentz out of the plane. He wanted to fire Frank. Yeah. And so he's already kind of on thin ice. And if you're Ballard, there's only so many times your job's on the line that you're going to go to the mat for Frank Reich. Now you could argue last week, we, last year we started 0-3 and we almost made the playoffs. And Jim would go, yeah, but we didn't because we lost to the Jags in a must-win game. So let's stop starting 0-3. Only five teams in the history of the league have started 0-3 and made the playoffs. And um, they'd be 0-2-1 if they were to lose this week. Well, Guy, if, if Herbert can't go this week, the Jags play Herbert or not Herbert and Chase Daniel. What if the Jags all of a sudden are 2-1? and one? Jags have the fifth. I mean, again, it's two weeks in. But Jags are number fifth in points, defensive points this year. Yeah, and Trevor looks good. Doug's got some confidence back. No? Yeah. Bulky. Bulky. Resurrection, comeback player of the year, Trent Baalke. If they, what seed would they have to get for him to be executive of the year? Uh, People aren't going to want to vote for him. No, they won't. But could you deny him that if they're the one seed? If no, he'd be executive of the year as the one seed. I mean, it feels like if the Bills have a runaway, long way to go, long way to go. Let's just talk about it real quick, right? Has Brandon Bean won it? I would imagine he won it last year would be my guess, or he's won it before in his career. I'm going to his... I think he, John... Did John Robinson win it last year? Yeah, Bean hasn't won it. Did John it, Rob, t- Titans, did John Robinson win it last year? Maybe? Feels like he would have. Uh, or, or, or uh, and I'm guessing, what's his name? The Bucks guy won it within the last couple... Jason Light probably won it two years ago, would be my guess. Yeah. You, you got to have a really good number one seed level team. It'd be hard yeah. to ball. So, okay, so Buffalo to me... Like Brandon Bean would be a candidate if Buffalo runs away with it. Um, who are your other like candidates right now? Oh my! I, I, what about Veach make trades with the Chiefs or thirteen wins? You know, you trade yeah, one of your best players. Their, they, yep, they've turned their team over. Howie Roseman. <laughs> Howie Roseman. We might. You know, he's he's got to be in the mix. Um, John Lynch, obviously. Uh, um, it's hard right now, but I would say to it's me, Brandon Bean, a long way to go. <laughs> you know, everyone was tuned in dying to know today who our executive of the year leaderboard is right now. Um, it's usually when you go from shitty to good, not yeah. good to good. You know? Right. 
Right. That's why Veach, like I'm nitpick, like Veach probably can't win it. They've been to the top team in the AFC for four straight years. Right. Could even could, even Bean like I, it's usually a team that's bad. So I would say Balky would be in the mix if here's they a, if they have a 11 win team. Here's a question for you. Let's say now we're recording this before Thursday night football. And if you're listening to this podcast, leave us a five-star review. If you're watching on the YouTube, hey, hit that like button, subscribe to this channel. If you hate something we do, leave us a comment or whatever. We appreciate it. Um, what if Kenny Pickett like takes over for the Steelers and they're good this year? Kevin Colbert has retired, right? He did the draft and then retired. But what if Kenny Pickett becomes like leads the Steelers to the playoffs? Could Kevin Colbert win the award as a retired person? Well, to me, if they were to win the division and Kenny Pickett's inserted here in the next couple of weeks, I, I would vote for him. Be a good swan song, right? Swan song? I mean, he's gone, gone. Swan, maybe, swan's maybe you, gone. Maybe you ask him to unretire, Brady style. Yeah. Uh, the, here's the thing. Like, Miami? Like, if Miami's really good, they've, like... They didn't win 19 other- games the last couple of years. Okay. But Mike McDaniel's coach of the year candidate, I'm just saying, could you... Like, all the picks they got back for all the shit they did... Now, I guess if Tua works out, then Tua works out. But I mean, Nate the Tyreek trade, that's pretty significant. And he looks incredible, right? Would you say General Patton's uh, candidacy early on is in some bumpy waters? General Patton's candidacy is <laughs> on some bumpy waters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Russ is on pace to get another coach fired. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. Now, let's talk about it. There was an article in The Ringer, I think it was Ben Solak wrote about Nathaniel Hackett. And what he basically wrote was, that the plan for the Broncos was to hire Nathaniel Hackett as a way to lure Aaron Rodgers, who not a free agent, but as a way to lure Aaron <laughs> Rodgers to the team. So you could argue that was a hole in the in the plan. The fact like Devontae Aaron, wanted to head back west. Yeah. Aaron, now, Aaron had said, there was a quote in the article, at one point last year, Aaron said, No, it was, two, hope, it was like two years ago. It was like it was 20. Ago. Yeah. I hope Nathaniel Hackett doesn't go anywhere, or at least as long as I'm here, or unless I go somewhere, wherever it was, you may remember. Yeah. So the Niners, Kyle Shanahan this week is playing a coach and a team on Sunday Night Football. Because I, w- I would say, separate from even Rodgers, when Nate Hackett was the Broncos' hire, it was a little weird. Yes. And everyone's just like, well, obviously it's a package deal with Rodgers because this guy was not going to be a head coach anywhere else. And, and is- Did you see Kyle yesterday said that when, remember when LaFleur got the job in Green Bay and Kyle thought he might lose, Matt might hire Mike? member to the package deal. He said, I watched his press conference on Wednesday. He's like, I'd never met Nate or I, we've never worked together, Nathaniel Hackett, but we were going to hire him potentially when we might've lost Mike to the Packers. Interesting. Remember they kind of blocked them and people were like, this is fucked yep. up. It's his brother. And, yep. but he said that Hackett more than likely might've got that job, which LaFleur at the time, right. Was the passing game coordinator. It would make some sense. That's what Hackett yeah. essentially was for, for, uh, for LaFleur. So they're all kind of interconnected. Yeah. Paul Hackett, of course, had coached with the Niners for a long time. His dad. And he coached Kyle. He said when Kyle was uh, worked for Gruden at Tampa, Hackett was the quarterback coach. And he's like, he was a huge mentor to me. Paul. Kyle, like I, Paul, Kyle really liked Paul Hackett. Gotcha. Lives in Marin now. Um, but, but per that Montana doc. So the Niners this week are playing this team that feels like it's in significant disarray now maybe their defensive coordinator who's also a uc davis guy is good i mean they haven't given up a lot of points this year you know all their coordinators had never been coordinators before did and the part of that story that really blew my mind was that this is only the second time that nathaniel hackett's called plays the other time he called plays he didn't last the season the year before though they made the afc championship game when he was with the jacks 
Was he calling like, plays that year? He was the call. He was the play caller oh, for the two seventeen years play team. Okay. Yeah, and then the next year, obviously, expectations sky high. Jags became the Jags again, and it was he didn't last long. Kyle Shanahan, there are no the monsoon was the excuse when they lost to the Bears. There would be no excuses for losing to the Broncos this week. Well, they're favored on the road. I, I saw a bunch of people like a couple weeks ago. This is pretty crazy. Even if you're viewed both these two teams as being powerhouses. Before we learned about the Broncos, before Trey got hurt, you would have been, me and you just went through the first month of lines, right? <laughs> you would have been like Broncos minus three or Broncos minus two, right? At home, Sunday night football against a young quarterback. <laughs> like you just, they would have been favored because you would assume they would have looked solid. Even if you thought it was going to be bumpy, no one would have guessed it would have been. They're counting down the play clock last week in Denver, counting down the play clock. So this guy feels completely overwhelmed. One thing Kyle was asked about is like, they kind of piggybacked on this, like the struggles of making the transition to become a head coach. And Kyle's like, well, I had, I just kind of leaned back on all my experiences of being a coordinator. Like you kind of like get put in pressure situations, even though it's only half the team. And you think about this guy really doesn't have that many experiences for years that because the last three years, let's face it, he wasn't calling the plays. Like to me, I'd be fascinated to ask like a Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid or whoever, even Lafleur and Green Bay. When you're the or McVay, the offensive coordinator for an offensive for a head coach who's calling the plays, is your job really much closer to being the quarterback coach, or is it actually closer to being the coordinator? Like I, I and and maybe it changes team to team, coach to coach, but it there's definitely a gap. Right. Yeah. Well, like I'll give you an example. I talked to a guy who you know really well, who's a college coordinator, who actually he's he's a college quarterbacks coach whose head coach calls the plays. And I asked him, how does this work exactly? Because we all anyone who follows football has heard about co-coordinators and it's never two situations are not identical. And he said the head coach calls most of the plays. Sometimes he'll say to me, hey, you got the next five. Or one of his jobs as the quarterback coach is to stack up plays for the next drive. So he'll stack up plays. He'll tell the coach, here's what I think we should do. And the coach might use the plays that that quarterback's coach, co-OC, has stacked up for him. But he might also... Because like when, they, cause like when they're on defense, the head coach is pretty locked in. He's yeah. focused on his kind of tasks. That's right. So as the coach is watching his defense, the, the, the QB coach will make a list in order of plays he thinks they should call on the next drive. And sometimes he'll use them exactly, and sometimes he'll mix them up. So that, there's just one example of how it works with co-coordinators. Well, think about being the head coach, right? When you're not even that comfortable being just the pure play caller, and you got all this shit going on, and then all of a sudden three plays in, a turnover happens, and you got to recall, you got to start calling the plays yeah. again. It, I would imagine it's very, very overwhelming because on the flip side – there's like Belichick, who's been doing this since 1975 in the NFL, didn't freak out when uh, the Marshawn Lynch thing happened and just looked at Pete Carroll and didn't call a timeout, right? Wasn't just complete, yeah. was like he was on a beach, yet it was a Super Bowl with time checking. And th that's the opposite end of the spectrum, right? The experience completely under control, deep breaths. Tomlin always looks pretty together on the sideline, like never looks overwhelmed. Now, granted, he's not calling plays. The Nate Hackett thing has looked because the one thing you would say about Kyle Shanahan, we can nitpick an individual play call or whatever. He doesn't ever look overwhelmed on the sideline. Like he, he's been – I really think after those first couple of years, once they got good in 19, he feels very con in control 
McVay, same thing. He's maybe a little more emotional than Kyle, but like they're just very comfortable with what they're doing. The game plan, the execution, just the game. But that's because you you've always argued that like a lot of coaches, and historically Andy took the most shit because he was a good coach in time management. And you're like, everyone acts like 90% of people are good. The overwhelming majority time management relative to us sitting on our couches, we always complain about it. It's clearly pretty hard, right? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's probably easier now, and this is part of the criticism for Hackett. It's not his play calling necessarily that's been criticized. It's the management of the game. But I think part of why he gets no, no benefit of the doubt now, which in hindsight, even Andy, like, now every team, for the most part, you just hire a guy whose job it is to tell you when to go for it, when to use your timeouts. Doesn't it wasn't in that article? Nate had hired seven different guys that do like three different things. Yeah, it's like just have a guy. It's the NFL. You just pay him, tell you when to take the timeouts and when to go for it. Like, well, it's not. This shouldn't be a, a quote unquote decision, right? We talk like, oh, what's he going to do on fourth down? What's his decision? It's like it's not a decision. It's just following the chart. Now, not everybody follows the chart all the time, but these charts they have, John. It's different than the charts that we have access to on the internet. Like they have specific charts for specific opponents. Every week the chart's a little different, right? And based on who they like, they have active, who the, you know, what injuries have factored in. Like there are a lot of variables going on. Yeah. There's a lot of variables, but that on an part NFL has game. been the, the 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 charts. Like the game has changed in the last several years. It should that part of it should yeah. not be. Now did his chart tell him to let the clock run and then kick a field goal on the road? Yeah, I think that this guy last week when I watched the game with the sound on, the first play that I saw was the Broncos in punt return and they were missing their punt returner and he had to run out and call the timeout. Now, ultimately, Nate Hackett is not the special teams coach, right? It's not necessarily like his role to make sure if there's an injury, if someone rolls an ankle and you got to get a new returner because that's what I would guess because usually for the most part, Punt return, punt return. The punt returner hears that and he goes with the group. I'm just going to guess there was an injury throughout the game that led to a transition. A lot going on. No one pays attention. But when you're the head coach, it all falls under your umbrella. And it does feel like a lot of stuff is happening under his umbrella that's loosey-goosey. Yeah. And I think we look at the Bears um, and think, I at least look at the Bears. We talked about this before the Bears game that we both picked the Niners to win and cover. That there's a chance their coach is really good. Their coach has been a fantastic defense. E- Eberflus? Eberflus. Eberflus, yeah. He's been right. a very good defensive coordinator, right? There's a chance that he's just a good coach. Um, there's nothing when you watch the Bears that makes you think they are substandard when it comes to NFL coaching. Time will tell. Also handled a weird situation, right? Got hired to a job. The head coach yeah, didn't show up, right. and it was like, you could, yeah. Listen, I, I don't think it's going to work, but I will not dispute like Eberflus's credentials as a quote unquote, just like defensive guy, yeah. right? Yeah. Whereas Hackett, again, I understand why he's there. I, I, even if it's a 10% chance of getting Aaron Rodgers, I think you have to take that chance. Do you agree with that? I don't blame the Broncos for doing absolutely anything they've done, even if it's going to ruin their franchise, right? If you said, hey, you hire this guy, you have, let's just, I think the chances felt a lot higher than 10. Let's say it felt 50. Every single person in the history of football would hire Nate Hackett if you think, like, this is a pretty good chance to get Aaron Rodgers. Then when that doesn't go through, to me, think how lucky the football gods to just get a guy 
who's a Hall of Famer who's 32 years old. Now, we can factor in the weirdness, whatever, all the other variables. You would have made that trade. Every single team in league history, given their circumstance, what they had on their roster, and what they had to trade to give them, is there any team that wouldn't have made that trade to get Russell Wilson? No. no. And then Not, once you trade for him, like, I don't even – do you even blame them for giving him the contract? Like, just extend them, give him a contract? No. So it's like – now, I don't think it's going to work. But I can't fault them for making any of these. Like, to me, a lot of people have been saying, why would they give up three first-round picks for the project? You can have an argument over that, right? Logic, jumping up to get a quarterback that doesn't evaluate. We can argue to what degree he's a project. Is he more ready than some people think? Whatever, yeah. The Broncos moves by the book. If I just would have told you Aaron Rodgers wasn't even play, Nate Hackett, would you take Nate Hackett to get Russell Wilson? Because that was, you know, I yep. saw Albright has tweeted out. I think we were linked on a, he was responding to people that Russell was also good to go with Nate Hackett. Like, Because gotcha. in fairness to Russell, he influenced the Rams hire, right? When they got Shane Waldron up in Seattle, he really wanted to implement that offense. He pushed Pete and Pete capitulated. And that's why they ended up with a coach from down there. So it's like, I, I don't blame them. Like, I think Russell's a weirdo, but I also, like, would want him at my quarterback instead of Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, yeah, right? it's a, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Now, he does – he just looks off. Now, and I think sometimes in the history of, of sports trades, right, when we were kids, it, football did not make as many trades as, like, basketball and baseball. For every no-brainer one that works out and you trade for some future MVP, there have been a lot historically that don't work. More. Even though at the time I was like, God, I would have made that trade too. Eventually, some of these are are going to backfire, right? I mean, some of them just do not work. Remember the Patriots a couple years ago, I think, traded like a second and third round pick for Mohamed Sanu? Backfired. The Rams last year, second and third round pick for Von Miller, which I would say that's not as crazy as some of these first round picks, but in NFL circles, that, you know, most GMs would be like, that's a lot, right? For a rental that's going to leave, and it it, it worked out perfectly. But Only like, because they won the championship, it worked out. But, but Vaughn was at kicking at helped them yeah, yeah, win. No, I, but but most trades are not, at least on paper, thirty two is past prime. But in the NFL, you should still be a prime age quarterback, right? Yeah. Most trades don't involve with that guy, and they it, it did with Russ, which is weird. It's a red flag in and of itself that that guy's getting traded from an organization that tries to win every year but does not rebuild. Honestly, the story even dates back like the more some of these things leaked that like they were very interested in trading them in 2018. 2018. It was like, well, new GM, new coach. No, it was the guys that drafted him and won a Super Bowl and went to another one with him. It's like the guy, that, like, why is John Schneider, you could argue how well thought of he is currently, but like why at points in time in his career, like John Schneider, one of the best GMs ever. He was the guy that pounded the table for little Russell Wilson. So the guy that pounded the table for the quarterback, who then became a Hall of Famer, was thinking about trading him seven years later. That's that's an all-time red flag, is it not? Yes, it is. Who's playing well, right? It wasn't, you know, Wentz. It was like, well, he sucked. Like, Russell in 18, wasn't he, he trading yeah, eight, up? 18, I mean, was it 20 that he looked like the MVP for half the year? I thought, like, the stretch from, like, 18, 19, and 20 was like, is Russell just in the peak of his powers? How does yeah. he get that much better than this guy? Or maybe it was 21. Maybe it was last year that Russ, like, spent the first half of the Schneider's year. Schneider's like, give me the guy from Fireball. <laughs> Take the little man off my hands. Yeah. I will <laughs> risk it all again. I will trade Russ. 
in 18, it would have been even crazier than it felt in 20. Would have been nuts for Josh Allen. For Josh Allen? <laughs> I mean, when you really think about it, if he had done that, he would be viewed right. He would be on his way to the Hall of Fame. Assuming that Josh would have became Josh. I'm just saying, he would be on his way to the Hall of Fame. If Josh became Josh, it would have been one of the great transactions. Like, just wait, you you drafted Russ in the third round, then you utilized him to kick ass, take names, and then you pivoted in a weird way when everyone thought you were nuts for a guy that's better. They would have got more for Russ then than they got this year, too. Yeah. Well, Russ, would you and I remember talked one. about it. Like, Russ straight up for the number one pick. Like, what would it have taken? Russ, the number one pick, and then, like, Another one or the number one picks a lot. I think you would have got more. I think at that time, especially in 18, you're looking at Russ, like a number one pick, like a Russ, the number one pick and like a one and a two. Just look at number one picks. I mean, we're flipping what you, who was the number one pick that year? Uh, Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I mean, we're fucking flipping coins (laughs) and everyone knows it. But we know the chart, the value of the first pick is really high relative like 14. I still think it's worth, I think a, a Hall of Fame quarterback in his prime is worth more than one one, even if it's number one. I mean, they've really like John. Out. What are you going to do with this pick? Just curious. Oh, Josh Allen. Like, okay, yeah. Here's <laughs> uh, Real Deal Sports on the stream says, "I don't care about the stats and the struggles. We need a win on Sunday over a team that's looked extremely mediocre thus far. It would be. A, it would. I, you know what I thought of when I started thinking about kind of this matchup in terms of the coaches was the Mike Pettin quote when the Browns played the Jim Tom Sula Niners." And Mike Pettin said, basically, everyone's making fun of us. I just drove by. They got their their buildings on fire. And that's how I think you should look at the Broncos right now. I think Kyle was his OC at the time he said that. Kyle was the Browns OC that year? He was definitely the Browns OC one year with Mike Pettin. I don't know if it was that year. Head to head with Tom. I I think it was 14. I think that might have been 2015. So he might have just missed them. This game's big. There's just there's just no way around it. And I, I would say that the two storylines in this game are just pretty massive, right? Is this coach going to get fired? And can Jimmy Garoppolo like save the Niners? Like th- these are just massive. But currently, they're two of the bigger storylines in the NFL, right? Like yeah. ta- like tangible. Like is Nate Hackett going to last through like October? And can Jimmy Garoppolo just get the Niners to be a powerhouse? Like they just, right. I mean, two of the most talked about teams currently given that those two individual headlines. Yep. And Russ in, kind of intertwined with Nate, but I do feel like Nate Hackett's taken most of the bullets. Well, take an alternative perspective, alternative perspective. When we're on YouTube live on Sunday night, if the Broncos have somehow beaten the Niners, the f- number one topic will Grappler probably will have played poorly. We'll be talking about that. Shanahan, it will feel like he's one and two with losses at Denver and Chicago. Rams coming up. That'd be that'd be pretty terrible. But it would also be that Russ is 18 and four against the Niners if he wins that game. Russell Wilson is 17 and four against the 49ers, 16 regular season games and one playoff game. Now, when I said that the other day, somebody pointed out that, yeah, well, Pete Carroll basically, you know, has the same record. He lost a few games before Russ showed up to the Niners, but essentially Pete has the same record as Russ does with a few extra game, a few extra L's on it. And the Niners just manhandled his team the other day. So who cares? What does it matter? Historically, Russ has been a – he himself has been a problem. We've watched it, right? His ability to make plays while getting out of the pocket has been a problem for the Niners historically. Does he have enough left to will a team to a win over San Francisco? You know, one thing I think people are down on Russ, like most people that talk about him as a player do not factor in the weirdness. 
It's like when you watch him play, the thing that really made him special for a lot of those times when like, runner not, pass, hey the, nine six, <laughs> let him know, runner pass. I thought that wasn't as cheesy. I mean, you and I with, with our boy from Tito's running text thread. I got that from other people. I watched Richard Sherman's podcast with KJ Wright. They made fun of it. They're like, guys, this is the NFL. Like, I, I get maybe in high school you do that, but it's like, why was he screaming so loud? And, and even KJ Wright is not really some Russell hater. They thought it was really cheesy and weird. And they, they actually thought, like, KJ's take was you could kind of see the desperation on him. Like, he's just desperate. Like, he doesn't, he's getting embarrassed, right? Like, he's, he's losing and he knows the heat's coming on him. I do think, though, that like people questioning Russell's trajectory, like, is he going to keep becoming, keep getting better, or is he like trending toward being a bad player? He does not look the same mobility wise. And that was a huge reason he was dominated. And you've been saying over and over, and if you watch the game against the Texans, he still throws a beautiful deep ball, but he's throwing a deep ball to not DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. And it's just not being completed. But he's the ball comes out of his hand. The flight, it's just, it's just perfect. You're like, God, it's beautiful. But it's just, it ends on the ground with two guys falling. You know, it's just, it's not working. And the other thing is, they have a dominant running back in this kid from North Carolina, Javante Williams, and even Melvin Gordon's your backup. Like they have a good running attack. The whole reason Russell kept getting mad in Seattle is like they wanted to run the ball too much. Like, is he cool with like? Hey Russell, maybe we're try to run it thirty times. Now, obviously, against the Niners, who are going to have a fantastic run defense, it might not work. But just in general, that could help get his career going because that's kind of what happened to Rodgers. First year, they butted heads. He wanted to throw it all the time. Lafleur convinced him implement the Shanahan scheme. It'll open up everything. KJ Wright and Richard Sherman said that they're like, if he just gives in a little bit to the running backs, let them kick ass, it'll open up the passing game. This is why I'm out on him. I feel like he's stubborn. Like, I got to be Peyton Manning. I got to be Tom Brady. And they get all the credit for throwing. Even though, ironically, if you ask Tom or Peyton, they're like, well, if they're just going to give me six-yard runs every play, I will check into a run every single play. I don't – they're actually sneaky, not as obsessed with their historic stats as nobody I think cares think. about. Yeah, nobody cares about, like, well, how many pass attempts per game has Tom had? Nobody cares. But he's had stretches where he throws, like, two touchdowns over a month and they win every game. And people are like, Tom Brady's kicking everyone's ass. You're like, yeah, he is. You know, now they also can have five touchdown games, but so can you, Russ. Who cares? Do part it. of being a great you need to win. Part of quarterback greatness is opportunities present themselves for everybody. The great quarterbacks hit those opportunities more than the average guys do. Yeah. Every game, there's chances. Every single game, do you make the play though? You only get you only get so many shots to fucking hit Mario Manningham with two guys on him down the sideline like Eli has. You know, so I. I'm with you. Like, I think I I thought watching the week one game, he was throwing the same balls that he's thrown to DK. Like you said, they just he did it against DK. Texans too. He did against the Texans. And um and he doesn't move like he used to at all. And we started not even, that not even nearly as close. He looked thicker. He looked I remember watching him last year as the year went on, and we talked about it. We've been talking about this for a while that he doesn't look the same. Like he almost looks hurt, even though his finger, it was his mallet finger was the injury, but it wasn't all of a sudden, it's like he was out of shape. And I don't mean just big. I mean, like, went, like he couldn't get away from anybody. So, you know, that's been the thing. We saw Justin Fields break out. If this Niners team is not going to score points, then they're really susceptible to one or two plays, broken plays, with a, you know, a quarterback that breaks out, and there's Dante Pettis. 
they're susceptible if they're only going to score 10 to 13 points. But if they score more consistently, then one big play doesn't kill them. And I just think it's going to be hard for him to get away from this Niners defensive front, which right now, now the Broncos have been a good defense statistically. The Niners have been a really good defense so far. Two games, whatever. But it has I mean, the Broncos are the Broncos are good. Like they got good defensive players. Assuming certain plays, like they Bradley Chubb, yeah. like they, they got physical. They, they're fast. Flexible. They hit. I mean, they they are. You, you just watch them. They, they their problem guy. They they scored sixteen points and sixteen points. I mean, they they've been terrible in the red. They have not scored. Red zone. What were they in the red? Do you know what they were in the red zone against Houston? They were awful against Seattle. Yeah, I don't know, but they were not good because I I watched some of Nate Hackett talking earlier this week. I mean, they've been putrid. Because he, he even said, I'd boo me too, given what we've done in the red zone. The classic one. Now, part of that, like to me, the Seattle game, last week they had, like they threw some fades, like a guy didn't touch both finger, feet in, a guy dropped it. Like in the Seattle game, the guy fumbled twice on the one or two yard line, right? That's yeah. I that's a little fluky stuff when stuff like that happens. To me, like when you're not executing pass plays, guys are tripping, like that's a little more like that's kind of your offense. But the the fumble when the guy's going to score is a or, or just the fumble turnover in the baby zone is that's just the worst possible play you can have. Like unless you get a fumble or a pick six in the red zone, Herbert style last week, which not really his fault it was the efforts, but like not you know you got to hold on to the football because it's guaranteed three points. Craig says no red zone touchdowns this year for the Seahawks, for the uh, Broncos. I mean, I think the 49ers defense looked pretty good. So, well, I mean, if Russ's magic is run out, then Russ is like it changes everything. It changes what they paid him. It changes it changes the specific things like with a game, and it changes the big picture of what kind of quarterback they have. Don't you like the 49ers chances now to corral him given their he's not as fast and their team speed up front? Like so when Warner, totally. Alshire, and Greenlaw are coming forward, whether any of them blitz or any of them are spying. You like their speed matched up on Chubby Russ. I would say, obviously, Bosa's speed, non-wet ground is excellent. I would say adding Drake Jackson there is excellent. You know, Kinlaw and Armstead, for their size, are pretty big-time athletes. I mean, the Niners' athleticism and speed up front is just high level. I mean, part of it was Russ was so elite at just maneuvering, even when you had good athletes, it took, like, Bowman to land them. Now it feels like you don't even – I like Greenlaw on him, spy and run around. Like, I'll take my chances, right? Yeah, yeah. That's where Russ, like you said, they had to do it. They, I don't blame him to extend him, but it would be a dramatic – like, he won't be remotely as good. He'll still be solid. Like, I, I still – like, I'm not saying he'll be, like, the 24th quarterback, but he's been consistently, I'd say, considered, like, a top five guy. I mean, are we looking at more of the 13th best guy? Like, it, well, the drop-off I, could be pretty dramatic. Yeah, I mean, part of it depends on does this year, if it That's continues right. to go bad, does it serve as a sort of eye-opening experience for Russell? Like, is there a coach out there that can get through the Russell in the same way that Lafleur and Rogers found a way to work together? Does that guy exist? Well, if if Nate Hackett gets fired, let's just even say at the end of the year, they, they, they you know they kind of right the ship and they're in the mix, but they miss the playoffs and he's one and done. Is it a desirable job? No, I I think it's not considering that, again, we could go back to the list I made last year. Nobody's career is helped. No offensive coach's careers have been helped by coaching Russell Wilson. 
And you would be minimum given the contract stuck with them for a couple more years. Right now, you could argue, you know what? Any any NFL head coaching job is desirable. They're going to pay me six years and thirty million dollars. So fuck it. <laughs> and I won't 30. get blamed. Oh, yeah, well, whatever. Gonna... I mean, yeah. sixty, sixty. <laughs> um, and I won't get blamed. So whatever. Who cares? Right. Like if you were, um, uh, well, like Sean, do you see Sean Payton said like, yeah, I'd be interested if the right opportunity came back. Yeah, that would be interesting. Like, would Russell listen to Sean Payton? I mean, those are two pretty big egos, so it could not work. But you know, is does this serve as an eye open experience for us? Well, if you were Sean Payton and the season gets weird, would you be more interested in Russell Wilson at thirty three years old, a little chubby, or Dak Prescott, who just might be average? I don't know. I might go coach the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got a, the huge thing with, with because Denver. I think guys like the unknown to the owner. Yeah, new owner might just pay him through the nose. That's right. They might. But I mean, unknown. Like, what if the guy's weird? He'll fire you too. Like, if you suck. yeah, I I just think guys like Sean. I don't know. I don't know. Like Kyle. Some of these offensive guys, I think, would rather coach a quarterback that will just do everything they want because I'm good enough. You just do what I tell you to do. I can make you great. Be the coach of the Cowboys and getting Dak Prescott to a Super Bowl would be pretty <clears throat> legendary. To, to me, one thing to keep an eye on for the Sean Payton is, and this happened two years ago, Urban Meyer came back, not be, for the Jags, but because they had the number one overall pick. Now, he, right. it was a disaster yeah. and it was over his skis. Like, if if one of a quarterback over the next two years is like, this guy is going to be a star, that the number one team that's drafting number one overall, I would say half the time has a new coach, that would be of interest if you're Sean Payton, right? Well. Yeah, I think the 2022, 20, what is this, 23 draft will be these guys. So the 24 draft with Caleb Williams. I think he'll be the number one pick in 2024. And I think it'll make whoever is, whatever that job is. It's tough because like the Giants are, like you don't want to be bad again next year. You'll probably they're draft. They're true and Oh, yeah, you're right. Actually, they've got the Cowboys this week, which I feel like there'll be an overcorrection on Dallas this week. Like Dallas can't be good for a a long time with Cooper Rush, but you and I both thought last week. I, 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 he yeah? looks pretty oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, he's, I, I would say he's better player than Daniel Jones. Like, who's a year away from being bad? What's The one thing when the NFL, it's hard to tell, because I would have said the Giants are going to be terrible. And what if the Titans this year compete? You would say, well, Vrabel's too good. Well, what if their team just sucks? They play the Raiders, underdog. What, what if all of a sudden we look up and the Titans are a three-win team? What do they do? Tank. Tank for Caleb. But that's a year away. Like they won't want to be bad two years in a row. But but can they get out from under Tannehill's contract next year? Uh, yeah. So you're just saying go with Malik and see what happens. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's just hard. The NFL is just hard to tell. Like in basketball, you know who's going to suck. Even in baseball, for the most part. In football, would Colts? it shock you if the Giants went seven and ten this year? Are yeah. the Col- are the Colts going to? What if? Who know? What if Matt Ryan is just completely done and they just can't score? But they might be bad enough to get a quarterback this year. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. what if they win four games this year? Then they They're won't be terrible. waiting until 24 to get a quarterback. No. How many yeah, more years does Zach Wilson get out of the Jets? Well, I mean, that's you just ride Flacco. Yeah. Uh, John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about our friends at Sleep Number. SleepNumber.com. Slash ham right now, or go to a sleep number store to check out special offers for a limited time. John likes to bet a little softer, a little 40. I like a 55. That's my sleep number, a little firmer. But however you sleep, or maybe however your partner sleeps, sleepnumber.com slash ham. Yeah, sleep comfortably all night. Go back to sleep. That's always a key. Sleepers who sleep in pitch black 
bedrooms are more most restful overall and achieve. I, I never understand. Do, do you know anyone or you know, are you guys always sleep in pitch black in, in your homes? Uh, like night lights. No, I mean I got like some blinds. You could do. Yeah, some no, curtains. obviously that. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like you don't leave light on. Some people sleep with the TV on. Like I don't, I don't know. know TV. No, no, no. But, you know, turn that thing off. Go to sleep. Close your eyes. Get a good night rest. Yeah. Here's the other thing. You might be listening, thinking, you know, I do need to go to bed earlier. I normally go to bed at eleven. Screw that. I'm going to bed at nine. No, no, no. Just chill out. You don't need to lose thirty pounds in a week. Just go to bed at ten four. Try if you usually go to eleven. Try ten forty five. Move of 10, 15-minute increments. Let's take baby steps here, one step in front of the other, little by little, one walks far. So that's the big advice right now. If you're thinking, I just got to dial it back a little. Don't try to go from midnight to 9. Just go from midnight to 11. Let's just take little steps. Agreed. Go from 9.45 to 9.30. Little steps. And um, use your Sleep IQ technology, too. Sleepers who use their 360 smart bed technology – Enjoy 28 more minutes of restful sleep, uh, restful sleep per night. That's 170 hours per year. Yep. Do it now. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Why choose proven quality sleep from Sleep Number? Because every great day starts with the night before. Discover special offers now for a limited time at your local Sleep Number store. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Also brought to you by Butcher Box. <laughs> right now, butcherbox.com slash ham and code ham. Get you two pounds of free chicken in every order for a year. Free chicken for a year. Chicken, chicken, go, go. Free chicken for a year at butcherbox.com slash ham code ham. Yep. Butcherbox, you and I have been using them for a while. You go, you can personalize personalize boxes, steaks, a hamburger meat, obviously chicken. They send us ribs. They even got stuff like lobster. Uh, they have it all. You personalize it. They deliver it to your house. Free shipping all over the continental U.S. Choose from a variety of plan options from curated to customized. I'm a big customizer. Mm. Uh, whenever you want, very easy to use. Can't recommend it enough. If you're thinking, I got all the meat, what do I do with it? Well, they got recipe, inspiration, guides, tips, hacks. It's all there so you can cook up mouth-watering meals. Uh. So take chicken breast off the grocery list. Butcher Box is offering all of you an incredible deal that they've never offered before. Free chicken for a year. Two pounds of free-range organic chicken breast for free in every order when you sign up at ButcherBox.com slash ham and use the code ham. Claim this deal at ButcherBox.com slash ham and code ham. ButcherBox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off. Right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised crate free and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer. When you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. Yeah, prize picks is where it's at. Prize picks. America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million users. I've been using it and telling you about it for months. It's the most fun and exciting way 
to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. We're not going to talk about my Otani less season long pick quite yet on his home run total. You just pick more or less of two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. For example, this week on prize picks, you can go Anthony Edwards, more than 29 points, and Nikola Jokic, more than 10 rebounds. Playoff time's the time to join because star players mean more on prize picks. Keep an eye out for the starred players on the board, and you could receive a 10% payout boost if they're in your winning lineup. So right now, download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, code HAM50. First deposit match up to 100 bucks. Price picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. By the way, did you see the video of Tua Tonga-Vailoa? All the highlights from the Dolphins come back against the Ravens, but the guy flipped it, reversed the image, so Tua looked right-handed. And his It looks sweet. Like, when Tua looks right-handed, it looks better. I, I don't even think it's debatable, is it, how much better he looks throwing right? How much more natural... It looks for any individual. The one deep ball would you would have been like, this guy one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That was my first thought. Be like, oh, great touch. Looks a little left. The one thing you notice when you flip the image is you notice things that you don't notice left handed, and he does have a little of a kind of a shot put delivery that I didn't quite notice lefty that I did notice righty. Um, but you can't deny like the game that he had the other day was wild. There are some pretty good games this week. AFC games kind of rule the morning. Bills, Dolphins, Chiefs, Colts, Ravens, Pats. And then the afternoon, we got Rams, Cardinals, both teams. One of the whoever loses that game is going to be under 500. And then Packers, Tampa, which is an awesome game in the afternoon. I think that's, I mean, that's a playoff type preview game, right? Tampa coming off two huge wins. Sunday night football to open the week is big at Dallas and they kicked their ass. And last week was a massive game. I mean, that, that game felt like Georgia, Alabama in terms of just the South, how big it is how physical the game was. Uh, I, I To me, the number one game, if you said I had to, can only watch one Sunday beside the, the night one, would be Packers-Bucks. Because the AFC thing, like, I don't think the Colts are good, even though I'd fade them from a gambling perspective. I don't think they're going to win, but I, it won't shock me if they're covered. I do think the Dolphins come back to earth a little bit. I mean, I, I know the Bills coming off a short week, but they didn't have to travel, so it's at home. I mean, the Bills are just really good. Did the Dolphins, yeah, they were losing 30-whatever. What was the score? 35 to 14. 14. Yeah, 35, 14. Like that, that was the score. You know, I, I know they came back, but at one point in time, like they were getting housed. <laughs> you know? yeah. So it's like, I, I'm sorry. And s- same thing with the cards. Like I've seen the cards through two weeks. They had a remarkable, like, 15 minute stretch where the quarterback has been doing it since he was in high school and he never lost a game. Do I trust them? No. The, the Rams, I also, I didn't see any of that game on Sunday. So last night, it's kind of bored flipping channels. I'm like, what am I? I was like, you know what? I'll go watch the ending of Browns Jets and I'll watch the ending of Falcons Rams. I was fascinated by Falcons Rams because they were killing them. Do you know what happened, guy? They got a blocked punt where the guy picked it up and scored. So there's seven points. Cooper Cup then fumbled. So they got it. Like they. They got two turnovers um, quickly that led to 14 points. You're so saying the, nowhere, the Falcons minus 11 betters got a gift. Yeah, my point is it's 31 to whatever, 10, and they were just, boom, 15 points. Now, they created it, the sweet block punt where the guy's untouched, comes right up the middle. He's basically in front of the guy's leg. The ball takes him out, but it's such a pure block that people are like, is that roughing? No, it's just an incredible block. And then Cooper, Cooper Cup 
fucking the guy hits it out of his his helmet or I mean his his hands ball bounces off like seven guys ends up in a falcon I mean and then they were driving to win the game like Mariota was leading them down they actually Mariota looks feisty but it went from 31-10 to 31-25 pretty quick because of a couple turnovers um you know you think about the Packers Bucks games they've been heartbreaking games for the Packers right they played twice 2 years ago blowout early in Tampa. And then they played the game in the playoffs late. That was the game that was very controversial. It made everyone think Aaron wanted out. He was complaining about uh, some of the play calling, some of the decisions. So uh, it's been, the Bucks games have been rough for the Packers on a couple of fronts. And I do think Aaron did not throw a touchdown week one in the loss to the, um, to the Vikings. And then, you know, they played a game last week that against Chicago doesn't, isn't going to impress anybody. So Aaron Rodgers has thrown two touchdowns through two weeks. That's really done. Now, they didn't yeah. have to do much last week. But, you know, I do think with Green Bay, there is some question as we try to figure out. I think we've got a pretty good idea what the AFC looks like, who the really good teams in the AFC are. The Packers have been one of the best teams in the NFC for several years now. Are they still going to be that? Now, maybe this isn't the week. Tampa's defense might be the best in the league. So maybe this isn't the week, but I do think the Packers could send a major message if they could find a way to win this game. I agree. To me, Packers win this game, you'd feel pretty good about them, right? Because one thing they've tried to do is create a team that could hang with the physicality why they've been losing in the playoffs, right? To the Niners, to Tampa, and that's... So instead of going to this, you know, they were a little more like Floyd Mayweather, bouncing around the ring, throwing a couple jabs, scoring a bunch of points, looking at the judges. Now they want to be a heavyweight fighter. Like they want to play defense, run the ball down your throat. Can they play with Tampa? It's not like Tampa has a home field advantage. Right. Well, if they find a way to win, they'll be favored in their next four games. Green Bay plays the Patriots, the Giants, the Jets, and the Commanders. Um, three of those four games are in Green Bay. So they play Lambeau Patriots, Lambeau Giants, Lambeau Jets, and then on the road at the Commanders, all before they play the Bills week eight. So you would say they're winning three of those games, whether they win or lose this game. Yeah. So are they are they a four and two team or are they like a five and one team? Well, right? what I'm saying is their next four weeks aren't really going to tell us a lot about them if they're good. Like this is the game, right? They could lose this game by thir- by 21 points and run the table. The Patriots, the Giants, yeah. the Jets, the Commanders. What do I really know about Green Bay? Yeah, I agree. So this is a big game for them. Well, if they're five and one with the win at Tampa, we go there real, right? That first week, whatever, like last year, throw it out the window. Like they, they've, they got a tough team. They lose yeah. this game. You would be like, well, there is a big gap between them and Tampa. Even though it's weird, like it's Tampa. Tampa's so down this week. That's the other thing. Well, they're missing 18 million players. Mike, Mike Evans, Judge Sue did not get the Mike Evans appeal, I guess. <laughs> Why didn't Judge Sue do the Mike Evans appeal? He was protecting Brady. We got to build up Judge Sue's brand here. Yeah. With some more, you know, some more cases, you know, like when you keep saying the same judge and all the law and orders. Um, uh, all right. So we got that game. That'll be that's the national Fox game. So no matter what you do, you're getting that game. Rams cards. One of those teams going to be one and two. I would say it'd be the cards. Big bounce back game for the Ravens this week. We talked about Chiefs Colts. Bill's Dolphins. I mean, I don't think anyone's expect. Is Mike McDaniel going to beat John Harbaugh, Bill Belichick and Josh Allen his first three weeks? <laughs> He's playing a little bit with house money in this game, right? It's at Buffalo. Back, it's to a back back if they win this game. Where's like, the game? We can Buffalo, right? Uh, I thought the game was in Miami, but let me stand by. I think the game's in Buffalo. I thought. Uh, game's in Miami. Okay. Well, a little less house money. Right? Because if you're gonna if 
if you want a chance to win the division, you ain't got to probably got to split with them. Yeah, yeah. Win the division. If they just make the playoffs, Mike McDaniel might be the coach of the year. I mean, Tua. They've they've won 19 games the last two years. I know, but this is a whole. If because if he does it with Tua, look, they've done it despite Tua the last couple of years. If he does it with Tua, it'd be impressive. That in and of itself will be the thing that I think gets him the coach of the year. I agreed. I agree there. Right. I I'm rooting for Mike. I am too. How can you not? No coach has ever coached in a bigger watch yeah. than Mike McDaniel. Other than Mike Matheny, he used to wear a big watch. But this guy's wearing like a 50-inch like fucking air, like air, airline pilot watch. What would you guess his watch cost? Eight to $12,000 probably. Oh, you weren't going to go. I, I was going to go like 50. Now, it's pretty hard to get to $50,000. I think it's like. I think it's probably like a eight to fifteen thousand. I think it's like a Breitling, which is just a big ass fucking watch. Oh, There's big. See, I'll, I'll ask Chain. He wears one. I don't like the big watches on my wrist. No, I don't either. It doesn't work for me. And honestly, it's too big for him. But whatever, yeah. he likes. But, it. but is it? Where but you? is it? Once you're good, like yeah. But whatever. You he's got a skinny wrist, but you wear whatever makes you happy. That's it's your watch. It's not my watch. So whatever. Yeah. I'm not here to. You know, well, he's, he's got, got the got designer. Got he's got the designer shades on. I mean, he's. He's cooking with gas right now. That's for sure. Uh, but that's anyway. So I, we've been talking about you want to talk about like a Monday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, Fox. You see the the Thursday night game last week on Amazon, allegedly outrated the Monday night games, which, of course, those games were bad. And Amazon, they did Amazon big favor, right? Because they gave him Herbert versus Mahomes. It, it's hard to beat that. I mean, when you turned on the television, we're recording this before this Thursday night game, which feels shitty. That game last week at 5-10 or whatever, when they kind of came to Al and Chris and they showed the field and the teams weren't there and there was an empty seat, it felt like SEC, NFL playoff. It felt enormous. <laughs> that game popped to me on television, like immediately. And then, like you said, I mean, you're just watching for the two quarterbacks. And then the game was good. It was just kind of like a high level. It was going to come down to the end. Uh, I, I'm just fascinated by, you told me, that Fox through two weeks has been outrating Monday Night Football, like basically. Yeah, Burkhart I think, I think and it's like up one percent. I read it that it was their, the afternoon Fox windows outrating Monday Night. Yeah, w- one thing is just simple in the sport of football. If you told me Georgia Alabama is playing on Saturday, or USC Ohio State, or Brady versus Rogers, it really doesn't matter who calls the game. Obviously, it sounds bigger with Joy, Joe and Troy Aikman. They are more famous than Olsen. Even though Burkhardt, I think, kind of resonates with people's ears. We've been hearing him for a long time now yeah. calling NFL yeah. games. Yeah. And he's but, big on – and I would just say this for Burkhardt. Like, he's Fox's Major League Baseball guy. When you watch the World Series, he's there with Poppy and A-Rod. Right? Started in New York, so all the New York fans know New York, him. Right? Yeah. He just – they put him – he's just – yeah. Sorry, keep going. But it does not matter who – now, you can ruin it. Right, you would say the last three or four years from Monday Night Football, once Gruden left, was a disaster for ESPN because it felt jumbled, it felt people over their head, it was not good. But if you give me two professionals, where I don't even, I think the thing with a football game, if you're unless you're the cream of the crop like Al Michaels or Joe, like so, fam- as long as you're just solid, no one, I don't even want to notice you. I just kind of want to watch the game. Yeah, it's when 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 your team sucks. By late in the season, you're like getting the fifth crew, and you're like, God, this the the analyst doesn't even know my team. It's like that these guys don't even know what's going on. But the the Fox afternoon games, I mean, for us afternoon for the East Coast, like night, 
is just consistently one of the best games on television, right? Yeah. As the season goes, it's just Niners Rams. It's Rogers Brady. It, if the Cowboys are good, it'll be like Cowboys Eagles. I mean, it's just, it's just massive games. Consist, it, it, it's always like Rogers Cowboys. Uh, Russell, back when Russell was in Seattle, it'd be like Seattle Rams. I mean, it was just, it's the sweetest games consistently. It's usually a top two or three game of the week. Because sometimes the AFC, I guess it just depends on the year. It, you know, the broadcast on CBS can be just a little duller than Fox. I don't know. There's something a little more progressive is probably the wrong way to put it, but just like aggressive, aggressive. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. And so when you get really good teams, it's just consistently to me, the best game on television Sunday night, you know, Sunday night's a little dependent, like especially as the season goes, things get out of their control. Fox will just pivot, right? I mean, week to week, they'll just pick the best game of the week for the NFC Sunday night up until mid to late November, they are kind of they're set. There's nothing they can do. Right? Like if Russell Wilson or G- if Jimmy Garoppolo didn't exist, it would be Russell versus Brock Purdy and Sunday night would be fucked. <laughs> Correct? Yeah, it was funny. They showed a graphic for Sunday night football the other day. For, like last Sunday they promoted this one and it was Russ. It was an image. It was Russ and Bosa? Debo, I think. Yeah. And I wondered, had they edited out, was it Russ and Trey? And they took, you know, they had to edit Trey out of that and put Debo in. I would think it would have been Trey, given how much attention Trey has garnered through the preseason. But you're right. Now, you could have gone Kyle. Could have gone Kyle. Um, you know, I think Joe and Joe and Troy are probably worth more money to Monday Night Football than they're worth to Fox, given what you said on Fox's rating and that they felt like, hey, we got Burkhart and Olsen. This is going to be not a soul's going to watch this broadcast to go, eh, I don't know, not that good. Whereas Monday Night Football has been fighting a brand thing for a few years now, right? Most people don't turn it on and get, ah, Steve Levy, I don't know, not into it. But I think there's just been so much talk. And I think one underrated part, I think we always talk about what are guys worth relative to the quality of the broadcast for fans. But most fans are not that locked in on it. I mean, like the people that listen to this podcast, you guys are by and large probably more hardcore fans than your average fan who just sometimes mostly catches Monday Night Football, but not always, whatever. I think it's about the league. I've read enough of this stuff that it's also about showing the league that you are fully invested in making their product look as good as you possibly can, and you get rewarded when you do that. You get rewarded with Super Bowls. You get rewarded with better games. When you show the league you are all in on its product, and I think when you spend money on Joe and Troy for ESPN, it's just as much about that as it is about, you know, because I think we laugh like, oh, everyone's giving you shit on Twitter. Who cares? But I don't think it's it's partly that probably and just your brand you kind of eroding your your um you know what your brand value is. But I also think it's just showing the league like, hey, no, we are doing everything we need to do. It's going to be when we have the Super Bowl on ABC, it's going to be Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Don't worry about your product. Well, who was Amazon's ideal combination? It was Al Michaels and Sean McVay. Like that was clearly the combo they were trying to put together, right? <laughs> That would have been pretty like, holy shit. Yeah. Even, you know, who knows how good Sean, I, it would have been hard for Sean to suck. The star power of those two guys would have been pretty big, right? <laughs> I mean, that would have been, and they ultimately just, they ran out of options and they just got a pro who's pretty famous, but you know, been, who, he's not Sean McVay. Who was their next option? A hall of fame guy that just led, was a general manager in the league. You know, I mean, they were going, you know, big game hunting because Amazon, it's pretty clear in our lifetime 
it is just not like I, I don't exactly know how this is going to play out. Like a CBS Fox aren't going to die or anything. It doesn't feel like, but we're going to come to a time where like CBS just doesn't have it, right? Or Fox, you know, in 30, 20 years. Well, I do think that's where like you've seen NBC, you know, with Peacock. I think everyone's going to have to, to some degree, eventually pivot to some streaming version. I know, but my point is like eventually if they truly just cared purely about the money, if Fox, YouTube, and Netflix, they wanted to own all the rights, they could out, who knows, Netflix been a little down, but you know what I mean? Like well, they Amazon, out- Amazon, Apple just wanted to split the NFL. They could double what these networks can afford. Yeah, but the well, but the NFL is not going there until they can also get the most eyeball. Because the NFL, needs- I know, but I'm talking maybe it's ten years. But I'm just saying, like, it's not inconceivable if money is the only thing that matters because they could take so much fucking money. But it's not the only thing that matters. I'm saying it'll the NFL will be wherever the most eyeballs are going to be. You know what I mean? Well, like, no, this this time take- this time around that they were still offering the most money. Well, or, or the money was relatively even and they just leaned with loyalty. Yeah, well, but I also think it's eyeballs. Like you're still going to get more eyeballs on ABC by and large than you will on Amazon. Yeah, but today. 10 right years now, when this today. thing's up, society yeah, yeah. could be dramatically is different. 10 years from now, it's going to be about eyeballs because they can pay more money right now. Yeah. Well, their the eyeballs NFL, are going infin- to infinitely grow. My ultimate point is the NFL is going to ride the eyeballs on network until there's more eyeballs on streaming. That's my point. I, I would push back on if the numbers get so crazy, like whatever their deal just was, I, I forget that it was a 10 billion or a hundred billion, whatever the fucking deal is. Yeah. If, if those, you know, in, in 10 years, if the eyeballs are still 20, it'd be easier to do that, but it's seven X the amount of revenue or something, you know, just gets to yeah, a the number. is also going to understand where the NFL. So the eyeballs for the most part will follow us, but I still think the, it'll have to be close from. An Did you see point. what Amazon prime said? It was a historic day for signups. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they have more. They have, like, Amazon Prime Video has, like, 6x more users than DirecTV does. Which makes sense. Think how many people use Amazon. 
well, less people use DirecTV every year. DirecTV subscriptions are declining. Yeah, and more and more people are just using Amazon to deliver yeah. stuff. 70, uh, like 79 million people have Amazon. Feels low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, there are a couple comments here. Uh, where did this one go? Oh, yeah, this is interesting. It's only going to hurt the Manning cast because I only watched that and I couldn't bear listening to Booger. It is interesting, right? They spent so much money on the Manning cast and then they went and spent so much money on Troy and and Joe. But I just think they're at a point where they can't afford to. They couldn't not get Troy and Joe because they'd spent so much on the Manning cast. But can they really do both simultaneously? It doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense. I have not watched the Manning cast through two weeks. And I like both those guys. Me too. Yeah. Um, Ime Odoka, we'll see where things stand with uh, is Brad Stevens coming out of retirement, John. Time will tell. Yeah, there's, there, there's Bob's got some good rumors on his Twitter feed. There's more to that story. You don't get spending for a year for just having a consensual sex with another lady in the office. So I'll tell you that much. My that, first, I think that one's going to be explosive. Feels like it's uh, like there's a reason people are trying to keep the top on it, but that you can't keep the top on a salacious story like that. No, I saw Robert Griffin the third had a tweet that was like, if people were this, if you're more mad about Ime Udoka than you are about Brett Favre you're part of the problem. And I almost replied like, what, why, what, why did I even step into that? But it's like, no, Ime Udoka. It's like saying, if you're more mad about the end of game of Thrones, than you are about Brett Favre. You're part of the problem. It's like two completely. Ime Udoka is currently in the NBA and is part of the entertainment bubble. Like all the storylines that are part of in the, the NBA. Bubble. He was a head coach for the team that just won. Yeah. played the Warriors in the finals. Somebody tweeted me the other day. They're like, what's your Brett Favre opinion? And I was kind of, I'm like, I don't, honestly, I don't know what to say. Is there any opinion other than Brett's a scumbag? Like, I well, don't, you, guy, you might go to jail. The, 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 the no one's talking just, about Brett. Like, what is the debate? He's a piece of shit. No one gives a fuck. Yeah. He's just, who gives a fuck? Like you but said, I mean, it's a real life story, but it's not really a sports story at this point. He, he might go to jail. And if he does, like, but he's just been, when you're, ret- he's been out of the league forever. Like, it's just, what's the, like, and kind of may, been exposed for a while, too. Email right? Doku, didn't they just have a lead in the NBA finals? As a head coach, didn't didn't that just happen? Is he the head coach of the Boston Celtics? Brett Favre fucking lives in Podunk, nowhere, Mississippi, doing shady shit. Like, yeah, if you cover the Packers or whatever, maybe it's a take. No one gives a fuck besides, yeah, loser. Well, yeah, it's, it's like a real news story. Emi Odoka's yeah. not a real news story. I, I'd rather fucking snort glass than talk about Brett Favre. Emi Odoka's a sports, like, salacious TMZ sports type story. Guy, he just got suspended for a year as the head coach. For... I would sex. say Brett, Fa- like Brett Favre. Did I include that, John, for sex? Do you know what Brett Favre would be a story if he was like the number two guy at Fox, right? Or he, and they had to suspend him. Like we'd be talking about, like that's fucking crazy. Is he gonna go to jail? It's like Brett Favre out of our lives, kind of irrelevant. Beside the fucking copper uh, commercial copper. he does with Jerry. Yeah, you know, just and he uh, does some. I saw there were some ads for uh, pray with Brett. I did get some of those targeted. That his text messages. Did you see that? I can't even. I, it's hard to tell what's real and what's not anymore. Like the text got released between him and the politician, saying like, like this I, won't, this can't get out, can it? Those yeah, text? Is, is that real? I yeah, just I never. So. Yeah, like the guy, the the politician ratted. Like he's they're going like Brett might go to jail. I mean, this is like that's to me fraud. Once it hits numbers, right? Like if you commit fraud, like a couple hundred thousand dollars. We once you get into the millions, typically. 
right? I mean, that's what Martha Stewart, I think, was like three or four million dollars. Now, Phil yeah. was like a million insider it's trading. Like, there's a, there's a, a threshold. It's not taking money from. It's not like he did, took money from anywhere, right? He took money that was earmarked for <laughs> programs for the poorest people. Someone's like, "Why are you triggered?" Because I saw actually, I I, I delete. I went Joe Burrow. I deleted. I had re-put Twitter back on my phone. I'm like, so many people were talking about Brett Favre compared to email. It's like, what are are, do you guys wake up super angry? Like, why is everyone like, why are we so mad about Ime Odoka? Because people are just talking. It's a sex story. Also, and the guys literally, they fucking No one's coach. mad about Ime Odoka. Everyone thinks, no one's like, hey, let's just take a step back and hear Brett's side of this story. Not a soul has said that. Yeah, just. I, Everyone's I mo- killing him. <laughs> and, do, and ultimately, do most people care about any of this stuff? Most people are worried about, like, my kids making it home, fucking my inflation, the bills are high. Like, people aren't actually that consumed with any of this stuff. One story is funny. The other story is just completely sad, and the guy's kind of become a joke. Exactly. I mean, but I saw a lot of that. Like, why is no, why is First Take not talking about Brett Favre? Because they don't want to. I don't know. I mean, what's, it's not their job. Like, I don't think the consumer wants to watch it. Let, see, we've talked about it too much. It's like you've got to, it's just not. Not a sports story. No, it's people are just here for sports. It's a sad story. It's an awful story. Turn on, turn on CNN. They could use your eyeballs. All right. Um, anything else to add for today? No. All right. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. We will be back Sunday evening. It's our first. Is it our first Sunday night show of the uh, season? Well, yeah, I think so. uh, we've done some night shows of the preseason games. Remember, like Friday yeah. and Saturday. Those Sundays Sunday a little night. bit better. Maybe. All right, Sunday nights. Here we go. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Later. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.